Welcome to the Become New Podcast with John Ortberg, where you find 10-minute teachings Monday through Friday to help you grow spiritually one day at a time. For more resources, check out our website, becomenew.com. There you can sign up for the emails that go along with each video, as well as access our entire library of over 400 videos covering a variety of topics about spiritual life and growth. If you need prayer, please let us know by texting your request to 855-888-0444. We'd love to pray for you. Now here's John. I want to try to cover a lot of ground today. I want to, the invitation today is to be real, to be honest and authentic with my whole self, from the core of my being, my face, my body language. And it's also to be deeply with God. We're going to get very deeply into what are some of the things that most block our faith and also talk about um, spirit and space and the idea that there's just empty space out there. So how could God be really with me? And all of this is connected, but it's going to be hard to connect the dots. I'll do the best I can. Probably I was prompted thinking about these things quite recently. I've been going through step four. If you know the 12 steps, step four is taking a fearless and searching moral inventory. And I decided to do that looking back over the last three or four or five years of life and trying to look at not just difficulties that I've experienced, but what have I done wrong? What do I need to learn? What do I need to own? What amends do I need to make? And uh, it's no fun. <laughs> it's just no fun at all. Uh, one of the real sobering findings was how often when I get in front of people, uh, I try to convince people that I'm more sincere or I try to use the ability to persuade or the ability to use words, which to some extent I think is part of the way that I'm wired up, but I, I, I misuse that to make it sound like I'm more sincere or more truthful or more devout or more honest or I believe something more deeply than I actually do or use words and my body in the way that I present them uh, in a way that's just trying to get other people to go along with me. And that's something that's so deeply in me, I can't just turn it off with a switch. But um, it's not a good thing. So what that gets to is my relationship with my body. And this is actually connected to the notion of spirit and its relationship to matter and to space and to the idea of God in space. And that brings me to Dallas Willard and the divine conspiracy, starting with page 74. This is all going to connect, I hope. Dallas says, At no place, I think, does our contemporary mindset more strongly conflict with the life and good news of Jesus than over the understanding of space. If we are to make sense of Jesus' teaching and practice of the kingdom of heavens, we must understand what space and the spiritual are and how they are in space. Uh, Many, many decades ago, when the Soviet Union back in the day first sent an astronaut off into space, he came back and said, you know, God's not out there. And that notion that if God were there, somehow we should expect to see him out in outer space. Or more frequently, and I was just reading philosophers talking about this quite recently, 
The idea is that when people thought the universe was pretty small and the earth was at the center of it, that kind of fit with the notion of a God. But now that we know that the universe is just vast, empty space and the earth is a tiny little meaningless speck on it, it doesn't fit to believe in God. And that actually involves a deep problem with the notion of space. So Dallas goes on, page 75. Uh, The spirit and the space most familiar to each one of us are contained in our own personality. Say it again. The spirit and the space most familiar to each of us are contained in our own personality. The necessary path of understanding lies in reflecting on our own makeup. This is deeply true, but not something we think about much. I am a spiritual being who currently has a physical body. I occupy my body and its environs by my consciousness of it and by my capacity to will and act with and through it. I occupy my body and its proximate space, but I am not localizable in it or around it. You cannot find me or any of my thoughts, feelings, or character traits in any part of my body. Even I cannot. If you wish to find me, the last thing you should do is open my body and take a look, or even examine it closely with a microscope or other physical instruments. I was reading a scientific article. Apparently, the human body, if you think about an atom and a proton, a nucleus and electrons, how much space there is in an atom. If you took the nucleus of an atom... Uh, The atom itself, where the electrons can orbit, would be the size of a baseball stadium, and the nucleus would be the size of a peanut. What that means is that your body is 99.999999% empty space. If it was possible to have a little person the size of an atom go in a little atom-sized spaceship and travel through your body... All they would see is pretty much empty space. What they would see is pretty much what we see when we travel through the universe. And if they were to say, well, there's nothing here, it's ridiculous to believe that there is a person existing here because it's all empty space, we would know how foolish that is because um, we experience our matter and it comes under the reign of our spirit. Your spirit, your will your thoughts, your mind, are not matter. They're not atoms. They're not neurons. They occupy our bodies, but we ourselves can't be found in any little piece of our body. And Dallas um, writes, the unity of experience that constitutes a human self cannot be located at any point in or around my body. Not even in my brain. Yet I am present as an agent or causal influence with and about my body. Your body, if you want to use biblical language for this, is glorified matter. We see what matter is capable of in a human person because in a person, matter comes under the influence of and is able to serve will and purpose. That's glorious. Dallas goes on, the human face and especially the eyes are not just additional physical objects in space. We say the eyes are the windows of the soul and there is much truth in it. They and the face and hands are areas in space 
where the spiritual reality of the person becomes present to others. They do something for us, what is talked about in Scripture as the heavens declare the glory of God, His presence and nature. Your eyes do that for you. This is reality. There the inmost being of the, of the individual pours forth. Though, of course, the person is no more literally identical with his or her face or eyes than with lungs, toenails, or brain. Interestingly, growing up is largely a matter of learning to hide our spirit behind our face, eyes, and language so that we can evade and manage others to achieve what we want and avoid what we fear. And that's the problem I find so deeply in myself as I do this step four, even at this point in life. By contrast, the child's faith is a constant epiphany because it does not yet know how to do this. It cannot manage its face. This is also true of adults in great feeling, moments of great feeling, which is one reason why feeling is both greatly treasured and greatly feared. By the way, I hope you'll listen to this one more often. This has lots of content in it, I know, not mine, from Dallas and others, and I will think about it a lot also. He goes on, Those who have attained considerable spiritual stature are frequently noted for their child-likeness. What this really means is they do not use their face and body to hide their spiritual reality. In their body, they are genuinely present to those around him. This is a great spiritual attainment or gift, and that's what I want and long for, but I'm so far from it. I can't. God can. I am seeking to let him. Dallas goes on, page 76. Now, roughly speaking, God relates to space as we do to our body. He occupies and overflows it but cannot be localized in it. Every point in it is accessible to his consciousness and will, like our bodies are available, accessible to our consciousness and will. We can move our bodies about in a unique way. And his manifest presence can be focused in any location as he sees fit. In the incarnation, he focused his reality in a special way in the body of Jesus. This was so that we might be enlightened by the knowledge of the glory of God in the face, the presence of Jesus Christ. So, Dallas goes on, page 77, we should assume that space is anything but empty. And in fact, numerous articles about physics in Discover, in Newsweek, say that empty space is actually not empty space. It is filled with quantum fields and dark matter, all kinds of glorious things that are going on there, even from the perspective of physics, let alone the spiritual dimension where God is present throughout all of the universe and beyond as you and I are present in our bodies, even though they look like 99.999999% empty space. This is central to the understanding of Jesus because it is central to the understanding of the rule of God from the heavens, which is his kingdom among us. Traveling through space and not finding God does not mean that space is empty. 
any more than traveling through my body and not finding me means I am not here. And now God sends his son, his light, out gloriously into space. Today, seek to be real. God, would you help my face, my eyes, my voice, my body to be the undisguised expression of my spirit? I can't. Would you help me do that? Today, be real and be with. You do not live in a vast, dark universe of cold, empty space. He lights it up every moment, every inch. Be real. Be with second thoughts about the universe.